Welcome to Forward, where we celebrate and amplify the voices of writers from all walks of life who provide queer representation in their young adult novels. I'm your host, Steve LaBelle, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. On this show, we'll be diving into the diverse and dynamic world of queer young adult literature, exploring the stories, experiences, and insights of authors who are making their mark on the queer literary landscape. From best-selling authors to emerging talents, we'll be talking to writers who write across various genres, including fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and more. In each episode, we'll hear from our featured author as they share their journey, their writing process, and the themes and messages they convey in their work. We'll also explore the challenges and triumphs of being an author in today's literary world and the impact of their writing on the LGBTQ community and beyond. Good morning, everyone. I hope you all are doing really well. Welcome back to Forward. Today, I have the amazing author, Daniel Hack, with us. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited oh. to be here. I'm stoked for you to be here too. See, I, I feel like the California, I have to get rid of Wicked and start just using like stoked for you. <laughs> I, I like I like Wicked though too. And I, I spent some time in Boston. So I, oh, I, all right. I drop a Wicked every now and then. <laughs> Gotta love that dirty water once in a while, right? <laughs> yeah. So tell us, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big question. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm the author of Prince and Knight and Prince and Knight Tale of the Shadow King uh, and the co-author of Maiden and Princess. Um, mm. Prince, the Prince and Knight books were illustrated by Stevie Lewis. Uh, I co-wrote Maiden and Princess with my, my good friend Isabel Galupo. That book was illustrated by Becca Human. Uh, all of them were published through Little B Books. Um, the uh, Prince and I came out in 2018 and I've, you know, kind of released one every year or two since then. Um, besides writing books, I also work in children's media. So specifically kids TV and music. And I've been in that space for a number of years. Um, I'm based in Los Angeles, um, but grew up in on a, on a dairy farm right outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And I've also lived in New York and Boston and kind of a few other places, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I love telling stories. I, um, I, I love the other authors that you've interviewed already. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, if you like the authors so far, wait till you see who we have coming up, like some really cool names and one that is coming, but that just emailed me this morning that I'm like super excited, but I don't want to like say anything quite yet. Oh yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it sounds like you, you love doing things for kids. You work with media for kids. You, you write books for kids. Why kids so much? What's drawing you towards that? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. Totally. I think it's, it's a really interesting question that I've, I've gotten a lot in my career. I think, mm -hmm. you know, one of my, my first dream job when I was probably four or five years old was to be an animator on Batman, the animated series. So yes. I think just gravitating towards that kind of storytelling for kids um, has uh, become a through line in my, in my life. And <clears throat> I think, you know, there, there are a number of things that I really like about working in the kids space. I think one of them is that 
you know, these, the, the types of media that they're consuming, um, the, the books they're reading, it's super impressionable. Like this is the most impressionable audience in the yep. world. And so I think you have to take a lot of care in terms of, you know, what, what types of stories are you telling? What are the messages? How are characters being represented? What characters are being represented? Um, and so I think, you know, that's, that, that makes it feel more meaningful in some ways. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I think, you know, in the kids space, it's also, you're able to play with convention a little more. You can be silly, um, challenge kind of, um, you know, maybe traditions of storytelling and, and really, you know, push the envelope and be wacky. Yep. Uh, in a way that you you get away with a little less of that with the the grown-up audience and and you know just in my experience I think um, you know in, in terms of how the media covers kids books or kids TV shows or kids films uh, you know they 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 don't as much and I think there's kind of we, we get to us in the kids space like the the folks who work in making uh, kids media in, in its various forms get to really um, play around and, and kind of push the envelope. And no one, a lot of times, no one really cares or pays attention to us, which um, is, a, is a bit more freeing in some ways. Um, you know, a, a lot of, like I've worked in a lot of organizations where it's like the kids team gets to run off and do whatever they want because the rest of the people don't know what to do with, uh, with that. Um, yeah. and so I, I think there's, there's just like a lot of fun and, and joy in the, in, in working and writing for kids that you don't get, uh, on the grown up side. And I, I think it's like an audience that really appreciates the work that you do and they stick with, like, these are very formative experiences for them. Sometimes it's like the, some of the first books that they've read or the first time they've seen a, a certain narrative device play out. So um, these things stick with kids uh, a really long time. And, you know, I, I can look back and think about certain things that I, you know, read or watched or listened to when I was super young and how much that really still impacts me more so than, you know, a, a show I, I binge watched a few weeks ago that, you know, is meant for adults. So outside of the Dark Knight or not the Dark Knight, the Batman animated series, what what stands out to you from your childhood like what's so impressionable yeah i mean i i, I kind of ran the gamut so i there's a lot of different things that i i was like a, a huge reader um i would mm -hmm. always go to the library and leave with like a stack of <laughs> 20 books and would be done with all of them in a few days um also really loved you know film and tv from a young age mm -hmm. i think you know some of the the books that really stand out for me um, are things like, you know, the Wizard of Oz classics like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, things that introduced new worlds and was really exciting to explore like these different types of characters and, and uh, uh, anthropomorphic beings that, you know, you that are, really require a lot of creativity to come up with. Um, I think as I got a little bit older, I definitely gravitated towards, I, I was like a big mystery guy. So okay. I always uh, really identified with like Encyclopedia Brown. I loved the Hardy Boys and the Three Investigators. And So you're uh, like a classics guy. 
Yeah, I mean, I, my 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 mom in particular was really great about introducing, you know, uh, myself and my siblings to a lot of classic classic books, and you know, our house was full of books, so um, there was always something to just grab off the shelf and start reading. Um, so I, yeah, I, I but I, I ran the gamut. I was reading, you know, grown up books from a pretty young age as well, um, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, there's there's so many that, you know, I can think back of and like really they just make me smile thinking back about how much they brought me joy when I was a, a little kid. Oh, that's awesome. No, thank you for that. So you love reading books. You love the media. So what what drew you to create the Prince and Knight series and, and co-author Maiden and Princess? Yeah, I mean, the the first uh, it started as sort of just like an inkling of an idea where I was just thinking about you know classic fairy tale tropes mm. and you know uh, archetypes, and I was thinking about you know Prince and Knight and the Knight in Shining Armor and how fun and what a cool twist it would be if they ended up with each other um, yep. rather than you know Cinderella or whatever princess. And so I, I just sort of had the seed of that idea um, for a while, and I started doing a little research into you know, what does, what's the process of writing a picture book and understanding when do you reach out to an agent? What do you need to have prepared? Do you, do I need an illustrator? Things like that um, mm -hmm. to get just a little bit more awareness of how I should approach it because I, I did think it was a really fun idea and I, it was a story that I really wanted to tell. Yeah. And so eventually I, you know, I put pen to paper and I, I wrote out the manuscript and um sent it off to some agents and then you know um several years later there uh, i have multiple books published and it's 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 awesome and uh they're out in the world and it's it's cool to you know just when you know people that i went to school with years ago or um you know relatives or whoever see my book in a, a bookstore and they take a picture and send it to me that's that's always like the best part of it and just seeing you know uh kids reactions when they read it they always love the dragon in, in the book yeah, yeah, yes. uh, but among other things but you know and and hearing kind of what they think about it is always a really exciting um part of it no that i mean what kid doesn't like dragons i feel like everyone loves dragons uh, my my son, our son was like wicked into Dragons Love Tacos, and yeah. we just nonstop re read that. Uh, so yeah, I get I mean, the whole that's, dragon. That's thing. that's a total new classic and like such a brilliant idea. That's, that's right. That's a book I'm jealous that I couldn't, I didn't come up with. <laughs> no, no, I, I, it, it's funny. Like I love your stories because I often thought like um, I don't know if you know Prince Cinders, uh, by Babette Cole. Like, I'm like, oh, how can we turn this into like a gay story? Or would Cinderella be more of like a great trans story? Like my mind races in taking these classic stories and like flipping it on its end um, to fit the world today. Yeah, well, just, you know, as a quick aside, one thing that was interesting when um, my agent was first pitching around Prince of Night um, was you know, there's there's the book uh, King and King, which I believe came out in 2001, which is similarly, you know, a, a sort of gay twist on sort of classic fairy tale tropes. And, you know, he was pitching this out, I want to say in, in 2016 or, or so, um, you know, many, many years later. And one agent uh, came back and they said, oh, there's already King and King. 
And both my agent and I just had a moment of like, oh, so we we get one every like, I don't know, 50 <laughs> years or whatever, you know? Yes. So um, I'm, I'm one thing that I'm really um, happy about was when Prince and I came out, it was there, there wasn't a lot of other uh, LGBTQ plus um, picture books on the market. There was King yep. and King, there was Heather Has Two Mommies, but very little else. And um, Prince and I actually became the first, uh, the lead title of a series that uh, Little B Books has with Glad. Um, and, you know, I can tell stories from my very narrow perspective. Um, mm -hmm. As part of this Glad Little B Books partnership, now there's, you know, all these different books that are, you know, coming from awesome different authors with all different backgrounds, all different identities. So I think it's getting to a place now where there is a lot more representation and it's not, you know, one or two books has to represent the entire community, which it could never because, you know, especially right. the, the community is so diverse in itself. Yeah, for sure. It's like a vast spectrum. Um, so with, with your books, what, what do you hope for your readers to pull from it? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think just like base level, um, one, I, I hope they enjoy the story, but mm -hmm. in terms of kind of, you know, what, what it says and its unique kind of place um, in the marketplace is that I do really hope that kids especially can see from an early age that um, queer people are um, just as, you know, capable of being the brave hero in a story and at the same time are just as worthy of finding true love. So I think, you know, yeah. both, all, all of, you know, all three of these books really have, you know, a kind of a through line in the sense that, you know, there's, there's romance, but there's also adventure and heroics. Yeah. And these are things that I really loved when I was a, a, a kid. So mm -hmm. um, I think those are the, the most important things that I hope a, a kid or a reader takes away from them. And I think, you know, uh, I, I always say that it's just as important for a kid who may, you know, may be gay themselves or maybe gender nonconforming um, or have, you know, two dads or, you know, uh, LGBTQ people in their family or among mm -hmm. their friends, as it is for kids who have no exposure whatsoever to, yeah. to LGBTQ plus people or queer culture or just any of that visibility because I mean there's still a lot of kids in this country who who don't and um, so I think it, it's really just about sort of making kids aware that this is a valid identity and, and this is you know a part of our reality as well and I think, you know, when you, when you see a lot of these attempted book bannings or censorship attempts, um, it's, 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 you know, it's very insulting as uh, a, gay, a gay person to say that, you know, there's, there's something shameful about who you are. And what I, you know, hope that my um, books do a small part in doing is, is breaking down some of that shame. No, it, for sure. And, and, you're, it's obvious you're very passionate about telling stories and that that's something you you love doing what what advice do you have for a, a queer young adult or just a queer person in general like how do they tell their story where do they tell their story like how do they dabble with that 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so uh, it's so individual and situational. So mm -hmm. it's hard to give kind of blanket advice. I think you know one thing to remember is there are a lot of different ways to tell stories, and that can be through the written word, but it can also be through filmmaking or music or dance or you know there's there's a number of ways to tell stories, and I think um, that's that's what's really exciting, especially about how. How much access kids have to the tools to tell their stories in different ways um, yep. or that everyone has those has, has access to those tools um, so I think it, it part of it is you know figuring out how you want to tell your story and um, you know I think if if you're if you're looking to be a writer um, I always say like write for yourself write for joy just write for practice it doesn't have, have to be for anyone but yourself and I think that's a big way to um, you know, get better is just, mm -hmm. you know, is just doing it. And, um, you know, in terms of telling queer stories in particular, um, I would, I would say, you know, be, push yourself to be as honest as you can and be as, you know, brave and truthful as you can, because I think, um, you know, a lot of times we do, uh, we have, when we're, when we're telling, you know, gay queer stories, there is like the heavier expectations on it that it, it does have to kind of speak to something grander. And yeah. um, I think I, I want young people to kind of feel free uh, from those those shackles of, of having to represent everyone or tell a story in a palatable way or any of those things. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's being honest with yourself and um, practice and, uh, you know, be open and, and be brave. But also, you know, I, I, I do also acknowledge that, um, you know, sometimes we do have to be careful, especially in, in the climate today, uh, yeah. to, to be safe above, above all. So that's, that's the big, like be safe, but you know, right. Uh, I think, I think there's a lot of opportunities and I, I think there's, so many stories from from young um, writers and storytellers that I can't wait to to hear and to see. No, that's true, right? Like there are so many stories that are still left to be told, yeah. and it, it, it the world is 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 really so wide open to it all. So you you talked about like um, you wanted your readers to pull away, or maybe see themselves, recognize pieces. So is there a character out there, and they don't have to be queer? that you've read that you've connected to, like would say, this is Daniel, this is me? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I don't know if there's anyone that's like 100% me. And yeah. I like growing up as there was, um, you know, when I was growing up, there was hardly any uh, gay or LGBTQ plus representation, uh, mm -hmm. especially in kids or young adults. Uh, media, but even in, 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 you know, kind of general or grown up entertainment that's and uh, in, in literature, uh, it, it's, it was harder to find. And a lot of times those were the books that weren't being put on library shelves or, or they weren't available. Um, so like, I, I definitely found, like, I, I connected with a lot of characters growing up. I found myself represented. I think there was you know, the, the, the gay part of me, that was what was not as, I didn't see that, that type yeah. of representation. So 
Um, like I, I think I said before, Encyclopedia Brown was like a character I like always like loved and gravitated towards. Um, in the three investigators, there's a character Jupiter that I loved. You know, I um, I could name my favorite Ninja Turtle. You know, my favorite Batman character, like all of those. So, so yeah. So who's your favorite turtle? Who's your favorite? Uh, Batman? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a total Leonardo, but I mean that's I think like that's the thing. I'm 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 always that person who you know, watches something or reads something. And I'm like, which which of the characters, like who do I identify with in this ensemble or whatever? Yeah. Um, so I, I have that for like pretty much every TV show I've, I've watched and <laughs> every book I've read, yeah. Yeah, no, for, like, I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan and like Willow, I, I think I'm Willow. Uh, okay, I've, I've never seen Buffy, but one of my friends uh, I just saw this weekend was talking about starting Buffy from the beginning and loving it. So maybe it's something I have to pick up. I kind of need you to now because I think <laughs> you'll appreciate. Uh, like, so Buffy and I, we started high school together, graduated college, high school together, college, like everything. It was so yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great show dealing with the complexities of life um it's it's awesome yeah i actually this is like a total aside but i um when i was in when i was doing undergrad um i i had like a really great professor who um, i had written this paper in a class and she it was like about bisexuality in science fiction and she was like oh you should submit it to this conference so i ended up going to this conference that was sort of a combination between it was a sci-fi conference but it was a combination between like an academic com conference and like more of a fan con and like a fan convention and um i did my like little presentation and then afterwards i ran into some high school friends and they uh who just happened to be there and so they were like oh we're going to this buffy panel afterwards and so I was like, okay, like I'll, I, I haven't seen Buffy, but I, I, I know some of the characters and I'm like yeah. familiar with it. And I, I found it so interesting because there was um, <clears throat> this big panel and there was this woman who must have been in her 80s and she just looked very like regal, patrician, very elegant. Um, and she, she raised her hand at one point and she was like, in uh, season three, episode nine, blah, blah, blah. So that's just like really in-depth questions. And I was like, I love that like this, this audience is so diverse and like really from all walks of life. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what I love about being in media is just seeing how um, certain stories can connect with so many different types of people. I think it's really exciting. Friggin' 100%. Like you're talking about academic and like nerd like stuff yeah. like pop like that was like oh i'd be there i've been to comic con in san diego and i was like these are my people like yeah I mean, it was it was just the fact that it was like this this woman who looked like you know yeah barbara, barbara bush who was just sitting there <laughs> like the most uh you know intense specific buffy questions it was really cool oh that's so awesome no i i i love it no that's i I'm like nerding out right now like this is just like amazing this is another reason why I need to move to California it's more of my people out there <laughs> so, I mean this this was actually in Wisconsin so uh, oh, that, that even conference better was, yeah, so. even better you got you your cheese walking around <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like envisioning her with like her bag of curds and just like listening and like being all over it 
She, I mean, she looked like a woman who would not uh, touch cheese curds, but... Oh, um, uh, okay, fair when, enough. When, when you're in Wisconsin, you got to do the cheese curds, I say. Yeah, I'm uh, bi, uh, bisexual. I'm... <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm... Uh, oh, my gosh. What a dual citizen, Canadian-American. So we're all about our cheese curds for our Putsin. So I, I get it. Nice, nice. So... You've talked a lot about things that inspired you, um, like, in your books, but let's be a little bit more specific. Like, what are some queer authors or some queer books that that really entice you a lot that you would recommend for other people to read? Yeah, I mean, I think on the um, on the grown up side there, like I really started, I think I was in high school when I st really started um wanting to read a lot more uh, gay gay and queer stories. And so um, I, I definitely devoured a lot of James Baldwin. And I think, uh, so like Giovanni's Room is probably my mm -hmm. favorite book of all time. And I'm definitely due for a, a reread on that. Um, Another Country, Go Tell It on the Mountain, like his whole, everything he's written that I've read is, is incredible. Um, you know, Alice Walker and writing A Color Purple was yeah. you know, far from my experience, but was, I think, really um, powerful for me to read, um, especially at, at that age. Um, you know, I think uh, kind of on the, the younger side, um, def definitely uh, Frog and Toad. Uh, oh. Arnold uh, Lobel was, you know, a big, uh, just, just a big inspiration for me. And I, you know, I think I, I, there's so many, you know, authors uh, and writers that I look to for inspiration, you know, beyond just the, um, beyond those who identify as, as queer or identified as queer. So, you know, I, um, if folks like, you know, I, I loved Roald Dahl growing up, yes. uh, you know. Uh, I know some things in his that he 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 wrote hasn't aged as well, but um, like I love I love I love a lot of authors who especially aren't afraid to kind of explore the darker side of um, childhood because I think that's um, those are the things that really you know um, those are those are the emotions that are so powerful as a kid. Yeah. And to kind of be able to play them out in this, you know, um, in a book or in a, a movie or whatever, um, in a safe place um, is, yeah. is really important for kids. And, um, you know, I mentioned before, like I'm kind of going through an Oz phase again. So I'm just checking out some of the, you know, original L. Frank Baum um, books. And I think like him, Lewis Carroll, um, you know, all the Lord of the Rings, like just the world building is so amazing. Um, big fan of, I'm just, I'm just listing authors at this point, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm like a big Wrinkle in Time fan. And I, I always yeah. think Wrinkle in Time is like the younger version. And then Dune is sort of the older version of sort of these oh. like blending sci-fi fantasy, otherworldly mind bending type of stories, which um, I, I really love a uh, big like F. Scott Fitzgerald fan. Um, Samuel Delaney wrote Dahlgren, which is, was a, a big book for me. Um, recently read a book called Singer Distance, um, a novel 
um, by Ethan uh, Chatanier, which I just, it was like the most beautiful writing I've, I've read in a while. Um, and the same with A Song for Achilles, which is another mm. great- um, That is a good one. Queer, queer themes uh, book by, by Madeline Miller. So, um, you know, I, I, I definitely look for inspiration like everywhere. <laughs> and uh, I, a, a big fan of Todd Parr, I have to mention that name of course as well. So um, on the picture book side. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I, you know, going back to your question just about, you know, what should kids do if they're looking to be storytellers? I think, you know, seeing how other people tell stories and getting inspired is like a super important part of the process and um, kind of like engage yourself with the story and then take a step back and looking at, you know, narrative structure and how the characters are introduced and the conflict and the resolution and all of those things will help you become a better storyteller. So, um, I think being a consumer of, of content is, is just as important as actually producing it. Yeah, there was an author that said, I don't trust writers that don't read. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of, it's like, I don't trust a cook who's not fat sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> which <I thought> was, <laughs> so yeah. you, you listed all these authors and there's so many great books out there. But unfortunately, the state of our country right now, there's, you mentioned it earlier, with our book bannings or the don't gay, say gay law that's happening in, in many states. I know in New Hampshire, for example, that bill was turned down by only five votes for us. Um, what advice do you have for, for educators who are maybe using your books as read alouds and being, it's now being taken away or, or, or queer students who are feeling frustrated by all this? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to give advice. I would like, I think the educators know better than anyone, you know, what, uh, what the best uh, course of action for their particular situation is. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, uh, Prince and Knight in particular has been um, challenged quite, quite often and made it was, I think, in the top five most challenged or um, banned books um, in the US for 2019 and made the top 100 list for the last decade. So, um, you know, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely familiar with. And mm -hmm. what's, been, what's been really positive for me is in most of the these cases where there have been banning attempts, usually it is just a handful of bad actors in that community. And often it's folks coming from outside that community and trying to you know, infiltrate their, their sort of message of hate into that community. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I've been really happy to see um, in a lot of these situations, you know, grownups in, in those specific communities standing up and saying that, you know, they're, they're allies, they, they support um, these types of stories and this type of representation. So, um, you know, I think, uh, hopefully that that continues to be the case. Um, I think you know the the ALA, the American Library Association, um, and their Office of Intellectual Freedom. I'm glad they all have really great resources um, in terms of kind of pushing back against these censorship attempts. Um, so it's 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 really it, it's it's a huge bummer <laughs> that we're going through this, and it's it's actually kind of interesting because. I think for a number of reasons, um, you know, when Prince and I first came out, there wasn't a lot of pushback. Um, 
And I think it's, it's partly kind of like the macro political climate and mm -hmm. the voices that, that are in power right now, but also just, um, you know, we, there, there is, there's momentum on, on the side of, you know, folks who are trying to create safe experiences and safe spaces and, um, you know, representative stories for um, kids and their families who may be LGBTQ plus. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, that um, we, I, I'm, I'm confident we will triumph <laughs> um, in the end. Um, but I like it, it, it's hard and there's not, there's not an easy answer of like, oh, just do this no. and these will go away. It is really about you know, especially the grownups, um, we have to be kind of fighting the good fight and making sure that these kids know that they or their families are, you know, valued and loved and accepted and respected and, and all of those things. And um, yeah, I, I, I think the fact that we have so much represent, there's growing representation and growing acceptance kind of at the mass scale that's when you get the kind of the the angry minority who is getting fired up and yep. you know unfortunately being used as sort of a um uh a punching bag for you know bigger reasons um and i like my message to 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 kids you know is is definitely that like they their their lives have meaning that they you know their identities have value and are are beautiful and i i hope um I hope they continue to get those messages and um, and we can, and our stories can be told. That, well said. I mean, there's no wrong, well, there could be, but there, <laughs> there's no one way to, to solve this, right? Yeah. It's really finding what resources are out there to help you in your context and, and what's happening. Yeah, so, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, but, and as I said before, like being safe, you know, is yeah. I think, especially for the kids, like um, I, that, that's the most important thing. So you're doing an awesome job at like kind of disrupting the narrative with your stories and your stories are awesome. Is there more coming or are there more coming? Yeah, I mean, so I, I just wrote last year um, a two-part podcast story for Wondery's Little Stories Everywhere um, called How Felix Found His Moxie. So um, I hope everyone goes and, and checks that out. There's um, there's a little bit of, uh, there's, some, there's some representation. I'll say that without spoiling anything. Um, and um, I'm, I'm definitely, so, you know, as I said before, I, I work um, in children's media. So um, a lot of my work is just helping other people tell their stories at the same time. So that's, that's a big part of what I do, but I, I am working on some, um, so writing some, some additional stuff a little bit, a little bit older um, in the, still in the kids range, but um, just a little bit older. And I, yeah, I think, um, you know, LGBTQ plus representation um, and characters will always be a, a big part of what I what I write personally. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm working on some stuff. I have some things I can't announce, but um, soon, soon hopefully. Um, so stay tuned. Oh, for sure. I I appreciate you so much. I appreciate how passionate you are about storytelling, whether it's your story or helping others tell their story. And it seems like you, you found your niche in the world um, as far as professionally, having fun, creatively, everything. Um, so thank you 
for, for sharing your passion with us. Well, thank you for uh, creating this venue for, uh, you know, all of us queer authors to, to come and chat and, uh, and uh, learn from each other. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's really great what you're doing in this. I, I was, I was so, um, so pleased when you reached out and I, I'm really happy about this conversation. No, I, I'm stoked you responded. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, have a good one. You too.